that what we are is vibration. And that's sort of like a, just an undeniable thing. Like anyone who's hearing this right now can just turn their attention to their their body or their sense of their body in space and they will feel a vibration. They'll feel an, a, like what aliveness fundamentally is a vibration. And then of course, we know that it's true, although we may, you know, probably many of us have looked under the microscope and seen, you know, seen these things, at least seen images of them, that everything is made up of particles that are vibrating. And, and the quality that of like, I'm touching now a stone table, the quality of whatever object you're looking at is determined by the particular substance, the material, and the material is made up of like what its frequency of vibration is. And so then you are essentially remaking yourself from the inside out because the goal, I mean, at least, you know, in tantric yoga, the goal is for you to recognize yourself as the divine. You're undergoing a process, you could say, of of, of deification. You're becoming the deity that you worship or recognizing that you've never been anything other than the deity because the deity is reality itself. Inspired by nature and actioned by change, the New Earth Business Podcast brings you slow, sustainable, scalable business advice, controversial conversations, and sacred medicine stories. Listen in as I chat with global change makers and creative visionaries to help you turn your passion into purpose and your business visions into earth abundance. Welcome back to the New Earth Business Podcast. I'm Emma, I am your host, and I am so thrilled that you are here Whether you run a conscious business or you're thinking about running a conscious business, you're interested in what New Earth Business is all about, you are absolutely in the right place. And this episode is going to serve up some generous nuggets of wisdom from one of my favorite, favorite teachers, Layla Sadegi. So Layla is an Avalonian priestess, yoga and meditation teacher. She's an initiated tantric sadhaka, an energy healer with more than two decades of experience in offering healing, guidance and support for committed spiritual practice. And that's committed with a capital C. She is known for her freewheeling sense of humor, the joy she takes in living and her heart-centered devotion to her students and clients' highest awakening. And as one of her students and clients, I did my yoga teacher training with Layla back in 2018. I can 100% say that she's the real deal. The wisdom codes that are shared and the and the bombs that are dropped in this episode are just, mm, they're so inspiring. We talk about branding as a spiritual entrepreneur and how Layla's never really seen herself as a business person, although she has a very successful practice and is helping souls all over the world every single day with the work that she offers. Her views on mantra and voice work and how mantra is so multi-layered, she gives us a really good explanation of what mantra actually is and how the vibrational language can help to move and clear things in our energetic field. She also shares about 
how becoming a stable vessel is really, really important when we're doing energy work and encourages us to focus on psychic self-defense and what that actually is and how we can put that into practice. We also deep dive into manifestation and Layla's version of um, how manifestation and the game of manifestation, the, the play of it, actually became like an interesting clowning experiment. I won't go into that too much because Layla tells this absolutely awesome story from her time back in New York City. Layla also explains what mystical living is to her and how that shows up in her life and how we can also partake in mystical living. Going back now to that commitment with a capital C, this episode will really help you to look at your spiritual practice, look at your devotional practice in a different way and perhaps take a bit of a review and see how you can deepen that. What is it that you can commit to? I know that I've been running my 21 days of earth abundance activation with a group of awesome souls online and so I've recommitted to a daily practice of gratitude and that is giving me so much life at the moment and, and really exciting me. But after this conversation with Layla, I am recommitting again to a slightly deeper practice with some more mantra and, and with some movement because do you know what? That's what makes me feel good. And it's okay to kind of fall off that wagon occasionally and it's okay to come back to it because every time we come back to it, we're a brand new person. We are open to new things and a new journey and a new energy is about to emerge. So keep a curious mind as you listen to this. Enjoy the, the wisdom that Layla has to share of her 20 odd years being in this world as a as a practitioner, as a devotee, as a facilitator, as a, a magic weaver priestess. I'm so, so excited to just stop talking and let the episode flow. Hello and welcome back to the New Earth Business Podcast. I am here with a very special guest, Layla Sadagi. She has been one of my greatest teachers and biggest inspirations. I completed my yoga teacher training with Layla five years ago now, I think it's 2018, with the practices of freedom and well-being. And I still use some of the, the rituals, the techniques, the thought experiments, the the ways of being that I learn on that course every day in my life. And I'm getting emotional now. I feel like this is going to be quite an emotional episode because I know that you also have the same deep, deep reverence for life and for, for humans as I do. Um, and I feel like this is a, a conversation that has been brewing and swelling in me for for so long and just ready to to pour out so Layla welcome to the New Earth Business Podcast. Emma bless you praise your life thank you so much for inviting me I couldn't possibly be more delighted and enchanted to be a part of this project and to sit in in a tune and 
gather ourselves into the frameworks of sacredness and love together here. So thank you. <laughs> that is that is exactly what it is. It's it's sacred living and and you've really helped me to walk that path of of sacred living. So thank you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> As this is the New Earth Business Podcast, one of the things that I I really like to invite people to it into, and you're obviously a an amazing businesswoman as well as a as well as a leader, a teacher, somebody who holds the codes of ancient wisdom, and I feel like the way that you um, market your your work the way that you show up in the world is so it's so vibrational and it's so frequency led so i just want to talk a little bit about your your branding and your artwork and how how that has has come to fruition in in your business so if you're if you're listening and if you're watching then then google layla sadagi now and, and have a look at some some of her magical um stuff online because where did that all come from how do, how does that translate for you well I was not I didn't come along in a time when the visual language around spiritual practice or self-discovery was particularly enchanting uh, it was it was actually in in my humble opinion pretty ugly <laughs> or, or sort of somehow irrelevant or it just wasn't um it wasn't uh, it hadn't sort of had the sort of refresh that the um millennials post-millennial generations have brought to it so I was very clear from the very beginning that I wanted my things to be really beautiful uh, even if they were very simple I mean my first website, was very simple. It was, I mean, but it was still like the, you know, the exact shade of pink that I chose. And, you know, I went to Mount, I mean, by the way, this is now, it was based on, you know, a card that I had made at Mount Street printers in London. You know, I went to have beautiful letterpress cards made. And I guess in a way that's where it started. Like I started out in the art world in the nineties and, um, my, uh, the gallery that I worked for when I first moved to London was very, very interested in print. Um, I was really good friends with, with a guy who was doing graphic design in print and he owned a letterpress. He owned a letterpress. So he was able to produce all these really beautiful, um, kind of cards and private view invites and sort of, you know, even books and all these sorts of things produced really beautiful little volumes with the, you know, the likes of sort of Tracy Emin and, and these sort of types from those days. And <clears throat> I was very, uh, you know, so right from, from go, I, I, I mean, I was already really interested in, in visual culture, but I, I, I came in with a real strong kind of invitation to comprehend and come to grips with the power of design. And I recognized, um, and I, you know, I studied history of art in London and I, I was constantly, I was, you know, in those early days of my life, I was just completely, I mean, I, I went through a period of time where I didn't even read anything other than art criticism and sort of art magazines. Like I, I, and I love fiction and I'm, I'm a voracious reader. So it was really, um, I was very kind of structured about it, but when it came to, I mean, I didn't even think of it. I, I don't even want to say that somebody would have said like, you know, oh, this is your branding. Like that language wasn't even common when I, you know, made my first and then second website. 
Um, but I knew that what I wanted to do was create beauty. And I knew that I wanted to make the most of the power of design to do exactly what you've named, which is to which is to set up a sort of frequency world where certain values are disclosed and certain realities are either pointed to or invoked. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so true. And you're all your it it is it really does draw me in and I and I remember that first very first call that I had with you before I started on the training with you. I just felt, oh, this person is speaking my language. And you get you see the creative in everybody. And I think that's a that that is a real gift. And a lot of a lot of people that come to me, some of my clients, they don't they don't feel like they're creative and they don't feel like they can express their creativity in their business. And I feel like you you really bring that out in people. Oh, well, that's the highest praise. Maybe I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> that's very high praise. I'm very, very delighted to hear that that's the impact that I'm having because it's certainly my my sense of things. You know, I'm I'm now remembering that I I remember I, for some, and I don't know how I did this. I ran an aesthetic choice workshop when I was in high school. And I'm remembering all these, like, I remember just putting out these objects, you know, like I had the Isimiyaki perfume was like a really beautiful bottle. And then I had like this ball of multicolored electrical wire. I mean, I had all these weird things. And I was sort of asking people to choose which, which object, and then sort of talk about why they chose it or kind of what draws them to it. And people were like, Oh, I never, you know, and I kind of see that like people are constantly making aesthetic choices. And I think this, I'm really interested in that connection between aesthetic choice value personal value like there's a value that's expressed in that choice and and it goes very deep and of course this takes us right back into the heart of spiritual practice because you know from the point of view of the of the tantrika and of the and of the you know kind of spiritual aspirant or spiritual realize realized <laughs> you know being um these these choices have very deep roots and there's something that's being generated in a field of beauty there's something that's being like i said before disclosed mm. and uh and you know there's a lot of you know only some of our experience of the world can be shared in in language there and we need we need many languages movement you know color i mean we need all the languages <laughs> you know to to start to to bring about a place where where more can be shared and enjoyed yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that is that is our way to to our inner creator, our our inner everything, our inner universal channel when we let our ego self get out of the way and we go, okay, we're just going to we're going to be pure creativity in this moment. Yeah. This this is where I I find when I channel my light language, mm that's when I feel like I connect to that pure creative source where there's no judgment of the the weird sounds that are coming out of my mouth. There's just, let's let it, let it flow. And on that, sharing my voice and sharing voices as, as a community, one of the things that I, um, really kind of came online for me when we were working together was, my my voice and the the dedication to the mantra that we were working on every every time we came into a session and I found this new dimension of my voice it's like 
I kind of got a new voice box. <laughs> there was a, there was a spaciousness that happened, and there was a there was a falling away of of conditioning. And I just wanted to talk to you a bit about that and about how in in business that can actually really help people. So let's say a lot of my listeners run in conscious business, soul aligned businesses, or they're thinking about doing that. And for me, working with mantra, working with voice has really helped me to speak my truth and show up online be seen just wondering where where that's come online for you and and what are your what are your opinions and if you have any tips for people hmm. I think we're all gonna have to get used to some long pauses I'm just I and I noticed myself even yesterday like it's a good time to take a long pause and that might be the full moon as well um I mean, I think the the there's sort of two primary terms that I would, you know, kind of put forward for for just on sort of like, you know, if I'm talking to an audience and I don't know, you know, just to the general audience of people seeking to aspect uh, access their creativity, one is to to open the channel, and then the other thing is to refine the frequencies. I mean, I would say maybe you would say like creative living is a continual process of opening another channel and opening another and then refining frequencies and refining frequencies, which is exactly the same as spiritual practice. And um, in that regard, I think that that man mantra, and by the way, for me, mantra is, you know, mantra, just to say what it is, <laughs> um, mantra is uh, the practice of um, saying or chanting particular syllables or phrases of words um in the from the yoga tradition most of the the you know some of them are very old mantras some of them are are more recent there's there's sort of mantras that go along with particular practices and in in the tradition you would have been given particular mantras by your teacher and they would have been particularly the teacher would give them to you particularly to support you in opening particular channels and in refining particular frequencies and you could another way of putting this is to say it's meant to clear particular bandwidths of conditioning so that you can experience more of the truth of who you are which is just freedom itself so <clears throat> so mantra then and and you know the word itself for those of you who haven't kind of heard this breakdown man refers to manas and it's like the mind but it's also but like in the in the yoga tradition it includes the emotional world like it's mind is not just, oh, your thinking process. And then there, there's no sort of separation between thinking process and, and feeling and emoting in this framework. So you have the, the, the man is the, the mind, which includes the emotional field. And then tra is, a, is like a tool for, that's what that little suffix T-R-A means. It's a tool for this, this field. And so it has an incredible, it has an incredible kind of, um, kind of lining up like aligning and lining up power and of course like the fundamental thing is that you know we are like what it reflects is that what we are is vibration mm -hmm. and that's sort of like a just an undeniable thing like anyone who's hearing this right now can just turn their attention to their their body or their sense of their body in space and they will feel 
a vibration. They'll feel and like what aliveness fundamentally is a vibration. And then of course we know that it's true, although we may, you know, probably many of us have looked under the microscope and seen you know, seen these things, at least seen images of them, that everything is made up of particles that are vibrating and, and the quality that of like, I'm touching now a stone table, the quality of of whatever object you're looking at is determined by the particular substance, the material, and the material is made up of like what its frequency of vibration is. And so then you are essentially remaking yourself from the inside out. Because the goal, I mean, at least, you know, in tantric yoga, the goal is for you to recognize yourself as the divine. You're undergoing a process, you could say, of divin of, of deification. You're becoming the deity that you worship or recognizing that you've never been anything other than the deity because the deity is reality itself. And so the process of mantra, it's like it can do, you know, and then, you know, you have people sort of receiving mantras or, or, or kind of just reciting them or making use of them. And then in that spectrum, you've got people who are like, I don't know, this just helps me, <laughs> you know, all the way from like, this seems to help all the way to like, I am intending to, to completely, you know, transmute any, any fragment of vibration that isn't in accordance with my, with an under, with a direct realization of myself as the divine and as all of reality. So it's like anything, you know, there's a lot of things in that, in that matrix. So to offer people something having now just explained an awful lot, I, my personal take is it could be, it could really be anything. Like if you go for sort of, there's formal mantra practice that's associated with the yoga tradition. I encourage people to, to really, you know, take a deep bow if you want to make use of those sorts of mantras, because they are, they come from a lineage. There's a lot of, there's a lot of blood that, that had to be spilled so that those mantras could survive. And they've, it's really on the backs of, you know, uh, people who've been oppressed by different forces over, over a long, long period of time through this, you know, the world's, uh, <clears throat> the communities in South Asia that have really, you know, it's the humble yogans through space and time who've like upheld these traditions and kept these mantras alive. And then there's also just something as, as simple as like, you know, finding an earnest prayer and singing it to yourself. And I, I actually like, I, I have a profound respect and see so much power in, in anything on those spectrums. If you find that there's a little song that, that soothes you, that could be enough. And, you know, it really just depends on the person, which is why it's very difficult to say, okay, everybody do this, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so, it's so personal. I personally sing, you know, make up my own prayer songs and sing them to various deity forms, as well as chanting formal mantras that I've been given by teachers. And also I chant mantras that I was in, have had initiation through that I just like heard, like out in the world, in India, in temple, like heard mantra and been like, and had it take a take a residence inside me and only later found out kind of what it meant. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, there's a lot in the field of mantra there. <laughs> there's a lot in the field of vibration. Definitely. And I feel like still we've only scratched the surface that <laughs> could go mm -hmm. even deeper. So similarly with, with learning to use voice in, um, in a more kind of out there way, there's also what I notice with with my clients is this fear of being seen and and where that comes from. I'm just I just would love to get your perspective 
on on where the fear of being seen as as humans can can come from i know this is a really really big question but i just be interested to know your answer i have like 10 different answers that immediately come to mind okay. um that there's some fundamental contraction inside most human beings there's like a fundamental con contraction inside most people and that is a contraction that that says i am less i am less than i'm not perfect i am imperfect i am not whole and so this is this is like really straight out of tantra like it's called the arnava mala and it is it's it's like this fundamental distortion in consciousness and it and it and it's usually sitting like really at every level of of a of a per, of a being and so this is then it becomes an this is the thing where it's open the channel and refine it's like even like one you know one or two layers of it can come off and there can be some opening and then there's still more this this actually came to my mind first which is that a lot of there is a whole like it wasn't it hasn't always been safe in any way to talk about to speak the truth i mean just in a it, to express to be in in a state of self expression that's unfettered and 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 um unaffected that's not always been uh, you know the case there's an astonishing array of oppressive forces still highly operative at every single level of the expression of life on this planet and these they exert unequal forces so different beings are going to experience it differently as more pressure or less pressure and it's experienced like you know on the basis of the various socially constructed identities that we bear and just so this doesn't sound too much like am radio <laughs> It's, it means that, that there's a lot, there's a lot to be, to unpack, I think, to be able to really understand, really comprehend the risks that you are taking when you speak the truth. I mean, I can speak as someone, you know, who just as a, a kind of, you know, in a sense, as, like, as a jobbing yoga teacher, I've been trolled, I've been doxxed, I've had all kinds of crazy things happen. Um, because I was, I'm not, and when I think about the degree that I say in private versus public, like I would say, I'm not even outspoken, but some people would call me outspoken. I'm sure. And, you know, it's really just a few times I stood up and said this, you know, this is, this is true, <laughs> you know, and, um, and that was not met very well. So I think that there's a way that, that there's something very real, and there's a certain like level of resilience. And I would say like a certain kind of energetic, not just resilient, like not just energetic resilience or integrity, but uh, energetic buoyancy that, that sort of needs to be accessed so that you can face the consequences of, there's real consequences of, of speaking out and being who you really are. And I think that, that I think there's something not, it's not, that's not something to be feared. That's something to, that's like a, that is one of the tensions of freedom. It's not the opposite of freedom. 
But if it's not engaged with, or if it's engaged with naively, then, you know, we inevitably, I think, go through the learning process of finding out exactly what the thing is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, So, you know, I think that it's sort of like some combination of true deep heart, like courageous heart and sobriety is necessary. You know, and I think it's because it's, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, I don't know, business markety stuff out there that it's like, it's fine. You know, I just have, a, you know, I literally have had um, a coach at one point say to me, you know, just have fun with it. And I honestly, that was our last session. I was like, nah, that's not, no, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm not, that's not, I, I, I'm not, not having fun, but there's something missing from that encouragement for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's not a discouragement to, to, to invite, to invite a kind of plain seeing or a real heart centered seeing of what, what you're facing when you, when you raise your voice. Yeah. I found that in business, it becomes a spiritual practice for me, the way that I show up, the way that my, my voice comes out and it's, um, Every day is a school day when when you're when you're running your own business. It's just constant constant learnings. Um, so on the the kind of path of becoming a stable vessel, this is a, one of your words that I'm using. I was binge watching your reels last night and preparing mm. for this conversation, and that really really jumped out at me. So we've we've kind of we've covered some of the big big topics and mm. now i'd like like to understand a little bit more about how how you have personally become that stable vessel to to be able to to hold that like you said you've you've experienced some trolls and some you know not not nice energies coming at you how how can we stay stable with, within that mm. Well, I mean, one thing is that a part of growth is, is complete instability and even chaos and all. So one thing is just to not make anything the opposite of your, of your, of your stability. That's enough. <laughs> like I'd say like, maybe that's a good place to start. Um, but also like, there's a way that like, there's a way that a certain, like a, a real honest assessment of what you actually need is, is this is part of the sobriety, right? It's like, you, I, I think I would encourage people. I mean, I would encourage my teacher trainees and people who actually come to me to really like take a sober look. Like I'm holding back here. Is it well-founded for me to hold back here or not? And also then there's, what am I, what, what are the practices and the ways that I can cultivate stability? And I think in that sense, like there's nothing like daily practice, committed daily practice, ideally in some kind of connection with community. That's not as easy to find as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not as, well, it's also not as popular. There's, there's, I think at this, what I see when I look around me at the landscape, and obviously I only see what I managed to get myself exposed to, but I see a lot of people just like, I'm spiritual, right? Cause I go to some spiritual workshops or, you know, this sort of general, or I'm interested in these things. Um, but in my day, if you were spiritual, you were, you know, at the Buddhist center, like you weren't, there wasn't any place else to go. There was no TikTok or Insta 
you know, whatever spare Instagram or whatever, like there was no, there was no you know, spiritual Twitter, you know, there was just no, there wasn't anything else. Like if you want it, you had to like, if you were going to find out where a thing was, you had to like look it up in the phone book. And then you had to like go along to the place and actually go to the place to find out even what their schedule was or call them and ask them, you know? So like, it's just a very different kind of orientation. But I do think that the, the, that one of the things that can easily be lost is, is, you know, committed shared practice space. And, um, I think it is, you know, I'm always trying to cultivate that more. And actually it's not so easy because people do want to touch in. They want to create their little, you know, Instagram has given us the opportunity to curate this like little world where we have our points of, um, points of, uh, influence kind of clearly mapped out for ourselves. And the advantage of that is how nice we can have our own personally curated magazine that sort of shows us exactly, you know, it even prompts us to see more things that we like and so on and so forth. The disadvantage of that is then we might miss some of the, the kind of facets because, you know, if you sort of, I mean, that's actually an, like an old, um, it's like from the yoga tradition, this, this sort of illustrative principle, which is like, you have to dig deep enough to get the gold. Like if you dig a bunch of hole, you know, it's like one, you know, the one hole will take you down. Like it doesn't, and in a sense, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you have to be committed to go all the way down. So yeah, there's a lot to say about, um, you know, you could even have like a buddy or like a general interest and follow it. Like I always say, like, if I'm doing a spiritual practice, I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to try that for the next three or four years. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I need to see over a period of, of not just like a few weeks or a few months. And I, you know, also like not looking, you know, here's the thing about stability, you know, Jaleesa Cypress and I just taught a workshop through mystery school called stability town. And it really was about like, like, we also have to like welcome the, the boring or the invisible. Like, remember that stability is like kind of like furniture. It's just there, you know, it's not something that we're sitting around getting like a big, sort of, you know, sort of spiritual clitoral hit from, you know, unless you really know how, I mean, of course you can get any kind, you can get a hit from anything if you know how, but you know, the point is not even really to get the hit, but to, to, you know, to like over time experience the benefit of having your own feet under you and not, not a bunch of ideas under you, which is a really different thing. So yeah, I think daily spiritual practice, um, and a real, um, meditation for me is kind of number one. Mm. I mean, because you have to meet yourself and especially if you're practicing solo and with less connection in a, in a group or with a particular sort of like set of ideas that you're then exploring over a longer period of time, a worldview that you're exploring. If you don't have that, then at least with meditation and the consistency of that, like there's no way you're not going to meet yourself. Like you just have to sit there and to kind of deal with what's there when you're not doing anything else. Mm. So there's that too. <laughs> yeah. I remember you, you saying, this is all about meeting yourself again and again <laughs> and again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, this is so interesting What that we've, we've come on to talk about this now because I'm currently running a 21 day earth abundance activation and it's it's run through telegram so my the people who are on the course get um a daily affirmation a ritual practice and um a reprogramming meditation and that's the same every day for the 21 days 
And at the beginning, I had a few people asking, oh, I'm getting the same, I'm getting the same practice again, <laughs> getting the same. I'm like, yes, this yeah. is, this is what it's meant to be. And, um, and it, and then it also sort of triggered me to think, oh, do I need to change it up with each different module? And, and then, and, and we are in that world of, oh, everything always needs to be new. I need to wear a new outfit. I need to be, um, have a fresh idea and a, but actually it's those ones that we commit to that are the ones that really, really have the benefit. And I'm saying this out loud for my own benefit because I'm definitely in that, in the smush of the always have to be new, always have to be doing something different. So this mm -hmm. is a really great reminder for me to come back. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm busy trying to figure out essentially like the other thing is that people like me who are doing the kinds of things that I, you know, in the olden days, like I wouldn't have had to sit around and figure out how to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> no, like it wouldn't have even been an issue, you know? Um, so, or I would have had the most minimal, you know, worry about that, let's say. Um, but it does bring to mind that I'm, I'm very curious about how to, how to market, like, let's do the same thing again and again for like a couple years, mm -hmm. you know, it's <laughs> like a couple years. I mean, yeah, that to me, I mean, what happens in it? You, you've seen over your own life, if you reflect back, like, you know, two years, like the set of influences that you allowed yourself to be exposed to just incredibly can create an amazing amount of change. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's sometimes a bit of a struggle for me where I find my work that I created a few years ago isn't necessarily relevant to me anymore. But then I have to remind myself it's still relevant to probably somebody else that is at that point on their journey and to not and to not go, oh, I'm never running that course again, because that was still, you know, I still trust it. It yeah. got me to it got me to here, it got me to where I am. Yeah, 100 percent. 100%. So carrying on chatting a bit about this becoming a stable vessel, something else that I pulled out of um, one of your conversations was psychic self-defense. Mm -hmm. I know we talked a lot about this when I was doing your program and, and how we would strengthen our, our vessel to kind of hold, hold the this the psychic field basically mm -hmm. can you can you tell our listeners because that's probably a concept that not many people have heard of psychic self-defense what is that what does it mean to you how does it show up oh yeah this is another this is another um it was actually the title of part of my uh Julissa cypress and i run this thing called mystery school and um we did a special event um, we were doing a little mini mystery school that's called the mystery school express which is basically like we're pulling out topics that we didn't get to explore in a longer course form but that we want to have a chance to to kind of dig into and one of those is psychic self-defense and this is a term that i know from um, my exploration of magical practice. So I came across psychic self-defense fairly early. I mean, I gosh, I was in my twenties and, you know, it's the understanding that in, there's a lot of stuff in the psychic field and it's the unseen dimension. You know, the psychic field refers to all of the things of the unseen dimensions of reality. So it gets like a lot of different levels and that there's that, you know, it's very easy if you're going around in the, in the, 
um, the surface level of the world, the physical world, the densest layer of consciousness to kind of see if there's a threat and understand, you know, to kind of like, you know, you've got your physical body and you're, you know, you have this, there's something like you, you probably know how to handle yourself. Like most of the time, you know, to not put yourself in a particularly dangerous situations to understand, but that in these unseen realms that you, you need to kind of educate yourself and develop a certain kind of strength because there's a lot of power in these realms and the naked eye, the frontal eye is not, is not seeing what's there. And then, you know, there can be a thing where you can make your vessel channel sort of really open, but maybe your sight is not, you know, we grow you know, like kids grow, sometimes, you know, their legs get super long and their arms and body are really short, you know, and then the body catching, you know, it's like we grow in these sort of like just growth spurts. And I think that that's really true in, for most humans, you know, yeah, and all different ways. And so it's kind of like, well, now how, you know, I might be growing a lot in terms of like opening the channel and receiving all a lot and, and seeing a lot, but I might not like have a clarity of sight or, you know what I mean? Like I'm seeing it, but it's all really fuzzy, which is all to say that, that psychic self-defense is the practice of, of understanding how to create boundaries and how to create, how to create energetic holding structures and how to, to kind of operate in a multivalent you know, multi-leveled, very, very, very uh, up into very, 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 very subtle levels of operation. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it's, I mean, it's, if you, you got to know at least some basics, <laughs> you know, because there are, you know, there's, you know, it's just like anything like you, you can, everybody knows this, you know, everybody knows they've been to a place where they were like, this is not a good vibe. And if you go, for example, say you're just recovering from like a flu, <clears throat> and you go to one of these, you you know, a friend invites you and you end up going to this place and, and maybe it's a bar. A bar is a really good example um, because literally spirits, like bars can be full of spirits, can be full of all kinds of weird gunky energy um, because obviously people go in there to sort of, you know, disassociate in particular kinds of ways and to make themselves inhibited by, by sort of like cutting, you know, making themselves, you know, um, <clears throat> maybe like operating in a part of themselves and not in the whole of themselves, all kinds of psychic stuff can happen in an environment like that. Let's say maybe there's even some drugs that kind of like brings an even sharper edge than just alcohol, like all the things. So say you get into that kind of situation and you've been unwell, like you've, you know, had a cult, like you feel physically a little bit diminished. You might feel the environment to be much more overwhelming than if you were like in hail health, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's a bit like that. It's a bit like, okay, well, we're going to understand that there's a lot of things and we're going to operate in a way that helps us to manage those things. And in many ways, the curriculum is, for me, from my perspective, is very similar to Stability Town curriculum. We talked about slightly different things. And we went, you know, in that workshop, we went through a lot of like, you know, really good kind of, you know, for like, you know, witchcraft magic, you know, priestess practice, like really good, safe things to learn how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, you're just kind of like, I want this energy, you know, that's like the sort of na naive kind of approach. And then all of a sudden that energy, but it comes with all this other stuff. Well, okay. Well, we need to understand how to, to get what we need to work with and to, to not have what we don't need to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think everyone needs to have a look at your course that you've got coming <laughs> Got to teach it again, haven't we? I mean, actually, you can buy. People can still buy the recording of it, and I I do recommend it. I mean, I think it's it's full. That particular 
I've taught now, I taught something called protection and that was, that's not available anymore. That was an in-person offering, but this one that I, the mystery school express version is really super useful. Yeah. I would, I, I do recommend it. If you, if you haven't explored psychic self-defense and you're feeling yourself to be spiritual or sensitive or yeah. Okay, I'll a link to that in the show notes. Okay. Um, something else that came up just as as you were talking was the words mystical living, I feel like really describe you. I, I kind of, yeah, mystical living. And I know that you use magic and ritual and ceremony in a lot of, of your life. So can you just talk to me a little bit about how that shows up? For you in your life the magic the mystery the ceremony ritual yeah it's interesting right now i'm just looking at the english channel which is right outside my window and <clears throat> there's an almost iridescent sparkle it's been really cloudy but there's just this one and it's been like this it was like this yesterday super cloudy but the the sun breaks through and when it does it sends the most like really astonishing kind of kind of light pattern across the sea. And I guess it's a bit like, I'm just enchanted by it. I mean, it's very simple. Like my actual life is, I don't, you know, I, I love to be in groups with ceremony and I love to kind of craft processes for people. And some ritualists I know are like at it kind of like new ritual, new ritual. I have my, my, my daily practices, my, my sadhana, my, my dedication, I'll get out my harmonium or I'll just like sit and sing prayers um, but really fundamentally, it's like on a lot of what it is this year so far is like resting in a kind of satisf satisfaction of the divine and say like a satiation. I feel like I don't say satiety. I guess I really need to look. This is I really need to look up what the word is, but like being I feel very sated by the divine and I'm very curious about it. And I find myself just listening to that and and hearing it's like kind of hearing its song all the time mm. um i could use for example if i wanted to go like re i could start to look at the that's that pattern of light and ask it to speak to me and ask it to inform me about my life or but I'll, you know i go through if i go through phases where i don't even want a reflection i don't need to know the future i just want to meet this moment fully and enjoy it i mean <laughs> it's really <laughs> Um, I talk to the cards a lot though, when I, when I'm feeling like, okay, I need some information. I do, I do talk to, I do talk to the cards and, um, particularly this year, well, actually since last summer. So it's from last year, I have a, a some deepening of my connection to the star world. Mm -hmm. And that's been a real, that's been very strong. So then kind of having a sense of wearing the starry crown and, and kind of just listening to, to all of that, that beauty. I mean, it's like a certain kind of song or vibrational reality. It's very powerful and very beautiful. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's very simple, like, you know, and then also like, just like cooking for myself, yeah. putting my hands on my food, you know, like it's, I mean, I, you know, it's like for, for a mystic, it's pretty lo-fi, but I'm really loving that um, this year. Thank you so much for that reflection, because a lot of people I think are almost put off by by this world or the by by magical living and magical practices because they think that it needs to be so grand you know you need to have the exact right flower from the from the top of the Andes to to be able to call in or manifest the thing that you want to manifest and it can like you said really start with just 
putting your hands over over your food asking the sun a question and and pulling a pulling an oracle card and seeing what comes up so yeah thank you for that reminder oh yeah gosh people get really uptight about it i mean the reason that i share so much kind of like technical information and all that is because there's like in other words my offerings like there's a lot of stuff that people and i teach people a lot of things but i'm also like at a certain point you get to let go of the things and then just see how it naturally flows through you and i've seen that with my students over many years like at first it's like you know they did i did this program called vessel of worth which is a bit of a kind of a priestess style journey through um six moons it was from sawen to beltane in 2020 2021 and you know, it was like, oh, we're doing all these rituals and blah, blah, blah. and that rhythm is really beautiful. But like, you know, I, and I've gone through that. I went through, through that with my priestess initiation. I've gone through it in various moments where I'm like, okay, we need to do a really elaborate ritual for this. Uh, and I have done this year. Like I had a big, I've done, did a whole bunch of sigil magic um, on, on one of the big moons, big, mm-hmm. I want to say it was a big new moon energy. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, it's also like kitchen magic, you know, like, it's also like, oh, like you have the herb that you need, like in your kitchen cabinet, like just go and have a cop of feel, you know, or like, yeah, I mean, I think, and this is goes back to the practices of freedom and well-being immersion and the teaching of chef Heather Umla is so wonderful. It's kind of like, well, let's, let's get back to basics, like meditating and cooking for yourself. (laughs) You get to, if you get those two practices rolling, I mean, you and I know, cause we're now not in London anymore. London, I was in London for a week last week and boy, oh boy, is delivery tempting. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's a story and you know, it's, this is great. I'm, I'm sort of forced to not do that stuff and not have everybody else's energy, psychic self-defense, not have everybody else's energy in my food and in my mouth and becoming my body. Yeah. All that, all of that energy in the prep food prep. And that's not to blast anyone. Like I'm really grateful for, for the folks who are making the food. And I know that a lot of it is made with a lot of love, but it's, I mean, it's a lot of energy to take into your system all the time. Mm -hmm. If, if you don't know how to break it down. And of course, like you kind of are going to lose some of that integrity when you don't cook for yourself as often. I mean, we went through all of this. So so this is really what we were going through in the, the practices of freedom and well-being immersion. Yeah. It's I'm as you're talking, it's making me think of my garden. This this well last year when I moved here was the first year that I grew my own food. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and I I was quite nervous at first and reading all the books and trying to do all the right things. And I had a lovely friend come around and he went, just put the seeds in the ground. <laughs> just put them in the ground. And anyway, I, I kind of just put them straight in, didn't do any beds or anything tended to them daily and they grew and they grew and they grew and they tasted so delicious my carrots my radishes my leeks my rocket swiss chard every day and I could feel the difference in the vibration of the of the food and I I know I can feel the um the heat coming out of my hands now as I'm talking about it I would I would put my hands over over my vegetables over the seeds. I've also had um a whole flush of turkey tail mushroom just grown on a on a log that's now soaking in some gin <laughs> ready to make into a tincture. Amazing. But yeah, it's um it's amazing what happens when we do the these things with intention and it doesn't have to be 
a, like a grand ceremony you can just literally be putting a seed in the ground and and asking it to grow and that's that's enough mm. I love to hear that. I'm just now, so you're very next level because I don't have a garden here. I just have the sea. So now I'm like, oh, next place will be a garden. <laughs> Definitely. And I just, just to add the cherry on top to that, I ran a workshop here called Our Collectivity, which brought conscious business owners together um, to my garden for a, a whole day of talking about their business and doing ritual practices. And I fed them from the food in my garden. Oh my God, that's hot girl. <laughs> Yeah. 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 That was, that was a big one. Okay. So as we're, I feel like we're just naturally going this way anyway. Um, I would like to talk about manifesting a little bit as we're manifesting the gardens, the, the new, the new spaces and places that we want to be in. How do you have a, a manifestation practice that you can, can share or, or how, how does manifestation show up for you? Well, here existence is here existing. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, this is a, my, my, how do I, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to say this. Uh, I know that manifestation and the idea that you can kind of, you know, bring, you know, create a particular pattern of reality around you is so, everybody loves it. It's like, it really gets everybody kind of, kind of going like crazy. <laughs> yep. Um, people are really nuts for this stuff. And, you know, and it's, it's really, I, I think that my, I'm very deeply sated by the divine and my process. Look, when I was in my twenties, 100%, I was like, all of the, in the, you know, whatever, which now looks like, you know, manifestation 0.0 or whatever it was in, in the nineties and early two thousands when I was coming along and reading even older books. And, you know, it was all the ask Abraham and the Hicks and all that kind of all the, all that stuff. I mean, I, you know, obviously was exposed to all of it and, uh, and I, and, and yeah, I had some sort of success with that. Um, and then it very quickly turned it very quickly turned into like, like clown, like it has a very clown like character for me. So, okay. So yeah, sure. I could sort of create a call in a particular thing and you know, that would work. But what I found is increasingly it was like, it was almost as though whatever would quote unquote manifest in the, in the wake of that practice would be like a crazy joke was like a clown version. It was like a crazy clown version of what I had asked for. And I can't give you a specific example. I wish you could, because it's, I wish I could, because it's something I would love to impart, but it was so, it was such a direct mirror of something that I needed to see. And it kept, and it showed it to me again and again and again. So it's like, um, I mean, you know, it would be something like, you know, if I was started like man, if, okay, this is a very silly example, but I'll, I'll just give this example. Cause it's, it would be something like it, this kind of thing. Like if I said, I want to manifest a really strong man in my life, you know, then it would be like, I would just see like images of like Lou Ferrigno, the incredible Hulk everywhere I went for, for several weeks. <laughs> and it was you know what I'm saying, like, it would be like that. It would be like, I didn't, you know, where I'd be like, okay, that's not what I meant. But 
it was kind of giving me a direct reflection, like everything you want is already here inside you. So there's some orient, there's some, I was pulled to a much deeper kind of fulfillment. And now I understand it, you know, that, that, that there was like, it kind of like it ran, you know, that's that, that kind of faucet of like, you can call in anything you want. And I've had some amazing experiences, mostly honestly with the mantra Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. Like, I mean, I, I mean, boy, oh boy. I mean, some one time I'll give you an example. This is a great manifestation. Like, cause it's, cause to me, manifestation is like super hot when it, and it's like on the spot, like you need it, you get like manifest at the speed of light. Like I have this need, the need is fulfilled. So I, um, my, I had this car, long story. I was living in New York city in my twenties, inherited my granddaddy's car. When he died, it had handicap plates, which meant I could park anywhere in New York city and nobody was ever going to give me a ticket. It was, <laughs> I'm telling you, it was gold dust. So <laughs> I mean, I could like park on the Brooklyn bridge and nobody like, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, not like that, but practically like park anywhere. Um, and yeah, I had a lot of fun with that, um, very cheekily. And also like, I was really dancing with my grandfather's recently departed spirit. And there were all, all kinds of things to that at that time. So if lest it sound really kind of craven, it wasn't quite so craven. It was really like a spiritual thing. Cause I also knew the car was going to break down and sure enough, it broke down and it broke down in the middle of the street, right in, in front of me. And we were on our way to do something really fun. And then it was like, okay, we're just, there we are. And, and I, I had to move the, the, cause one thing I was definitely going to get towed and have to pay to have my car untowed or towed to a service station by New York city. If it was parked in the middle of the street, didn't matter. It had to be parked on the curb. I could park anywhere, practically in front of a fire hydrant, but like, you know, so I knew I was like, I have got, and I was not, I did not have a lot of cash at that time. I was building my body work. I mean, all kinds of things were happening. So I was like, I need a toe and I need a, I need a, I need a free toe. I just decided I was like, I need a toe and I needed to be free and I needed to just show up. Mm -hmm. The crazy thing to ask for in Brooklyn, in New York city, like, you know, whatever it was, 2003. Anyway. So I just literally stood in the street and I was like, I just like, was like, tow truck. I just like, <laughs> and I, and I was like, I, I basically determined that I wasn't leaving until a tow truck arrived. And it got to about like 25 minutes that I'd been literally standing in the middle of the street, like having to step aside when a car came by. And I was starting to think, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like, this is just me standing here. And, and honestly, like, just as I was starting to have like a tiny little bit of doubt, and I had this like resolve kind of like rise up in me to meet the doubt, you know, it was this kind of moment. I, a tow truck, these two guys pull around the corner in a tow truck. And the guy literally leans out of the window and says, Hey, looks like you need some help. <laughs> <laughs> free tow to uh to a service station which is what needed to happen so that i wouldn't like have my car have to pay a lot of money to get my you know once the cars get impounded in new york city it's a whole story or whatever that probably wouldn't have been that much money but i was convinced it was a lot so i created this whole reality and this manifestation and i you know i enjoyed these sorts of things that would happen you know i needed a certain amount of money to do the thing i wanted to do within three weeks there was the money you know all these sorts of things would happen but at a certain point the faucet got like, I want to just say turned off mm. <laughs> and, and it was, and it started to morph into the thing. Like I was describing, like, 
Like I need a strong man. Well, the incredible Hulk is within your sights everywhere you go. Like perfect reflection of what, you know, whatever I thought I needed out there. And and this didn't really happen, this strong man story, but it's just kind of gives you an idea of the flavor of the sort of thing that was happening. Cause it's like only I would notice and it was impossible for me to not, to, to not see what I was seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at that point, I, I mean, obviously I got really frustrated. I mean, all kinds of, I went through a lot of things. This is like more in my thirties. And at a certain point now, I mean, at a certain point, I kind of softened it a lot. And I also understood how there's a real value in not getting what you think you want and not getting even things that you sort of long for. There's like an incredible, there's so much value just in every experience. Like it just sort of doesn't matter which way the experience goes. And this me that I was trying to satisfy is not who I really am. Mm. Who I really am is already satisfied. Isn't that beautiful? Mic drop. So it's very difficult. I know I, I, you know, and obviously like, you know, I still play the game of like manifesting sometimes just, I mean, honestly for shits and giggles, really. That's uh-huh. such a like weird high school sort of weird phrase. Um, and I do just for the heck of it occasionally, but like, I kind of have a very different relationship to it now. And honestly, I went through feeling hard done by, you know, about it. Cause there were some things I really was aiming for and did a lot of practice around and nothing. It was like, really like tumbleweeds. And now I'm like, I see now I, the state that I'm living in, I mean, you know, I understand how, how profound it is and, and how valuable, how valuable to need so little and to be able to see so much of what there is. What a gift. I mean, it's like incomprehensible gift. profundity of it yeah yeah Mm, feeling that magic I mean that's good right Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know sorry I don't want to interrupt you no it's uh, thank you for for sort of describing your journey I think a a lot of people will almost be able to place themselves somewhere along that and um yeah I'm definitely still in the shiny sparkly phase of (laughs) but also getting to that point of realizing it is a joke the joke that happened to me this week was I put something on Facebook saying I need some wood chip for the garden and literally the next morning 7 a.m a man knocked on my door I've got a whole truck of wood chip in the back of the van can I just dump it here put a put a tarpaulin down and it was there for free and he said as much as as you want is we're we we live up the road we're we're tree surgeons and it's like completely for free and so I'm in in that space of yeah if I want it I can I can I can get it but also understanding that there is there's something more than that and it's it's basically exactly what what you've said and uh not quite there yet but just following keep following the path and keep waiting for those openings to come and understandings and integrations to happen so thank you for sharing that oh yeah I mean Emma like 
it's also like everybody has their different path. I mean, look, we haven't, what what we talked about a lot in, in, um, well, in mystery school, um, and in my offering divinity school, I mean, it's just sort of a part of the conversation for me is also that like, you know, access to resources is very connected to socially constructed identities and is very unequal across the different socially constructed intersecting socially constructed identities, which is to say, that, you know, it's, I hope you've seen that meme. It's a super famous meme. It's like sort of soft and fuzzy rainbows. And it's like, maybe I manifested it. Maybe it's white privilege. You know, it's this sort of thing. And like understanding that, like, you know, if you'd born different identities, would that man have felt comfortable knocking on your door? Mm. Or would he have just naturally done it? You know, I mean, these sorts of things. I mean, it's like, you know, which is not to like, you know, not to diminish your experience or your manifestation power in any regard, because I, I don't see it that way. But it's just simply like understanding that, like, for example, if we really want to, if we really want to see freedom reflected in the hearts of everyone around us, if we really want to like, you know, really have, you know, more than just, it's like also like how wide is your freedom and, and how, and how important is it that you're sharing in it? Not just the kind of individual unique body reality that you're experiencing as you. Mm -hmm. In other words, if it's going to be a bit more collective, is there anything else to know about manifestation practice? Yeah. Is there anything else to consider? And I also think, look, the other side of it is spiritually spiritual constructed identities. Like we're now just changing our identity from like, you know, whatever you were, tr you know, trying to be successful at before to like a spiritually successful person. And that to me, there's the peril, right? It's like, it's great. Like enjoy the wood chips, like enjoy whatever, you know, to me, it's like, yeah, I enjoyed all the money and the, I certainly was grateful for the toe. <laughs> and you know, these sorts of different things that happened. And there was a way that there's a way that like, I, I also think that my system is naturally listening, was naturally like listening and refusing in a very deep part of myself that I took me a long time to identify with in any mm. way was kind of going, I don't want to get caught in any of this because I am so I'm like a heat seeking missile for awakening. And the real thing and the real freedom can't be beholden to any particular circumstance. It just can't be. Otherwise, it's not the real thing. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, can we, man? I guess then in that case is like, can we manifest with a really open hand? Or what would it be to be preoccupied with manifesting things for that, that are only shareable? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of like, Felix Gonzalez Torres's artwork. I don't know if you're familiar with this artist, Felix Gonzalez Torres, very amazing artist um, who died uh, during the AIDS epidemic, um, but very, very wonderful work. And, and his work would be like a sort of like, it would look like modernist sculpture. But then if you got close to it, it's like, so for example, it's like an art gallery with this, it looks like there's a shiny stripe across the middle of the art gallery. Mm -hmm. But as you approach it, you realize that the stripe is made up of candies and you're meant to have a candy. Right. Right. So it's like, it's a gold stripe, but you get close to it. Actually, the gold is like a, a candy or mm -hmm. there'd be a particular image and there'd be a stack of it. It looks like modernist sculpture. You approach it and there's an image, but it's like actually just a, a piece of paper, like a stack of many pieces of paper and the image is on top, but the image is on every piece of paper and you're invited to take one. Mm. So I kind of like, I feel like actually I'm going to work with that. I'm going to work with like, how can I make a manifestation practice? That's more Felix Gonzalez Torres style. Yes. 
<laughs> well, for everyone. Yeah. And there's something else in it too, which I don't think I can name just yet, but probably like, you know, in a couple of days, I'll think of it and, and write you or leave me a voice note. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, high tide floating all boats kind of comes to, comes to mind. So mm. how can we give from that full cup? Yeah. And also like how are, how is everyone else present in the app, in the entire manifestation altogether anyway? Mm -hmm. everybody's every single every every reality is made up of every other reality yeah. <laughs> and how do I how do I like live in that in a way that's that that creates the kind of enchantment that is that is mine to to kind of sit in the center of that is mine to generate that is mine to to enshrine mm -hmm. you know yeah and this goes from more individual living to collective living and the the moving away from yeah the me the i and the more of the the us and the and the connection yeah 100% because i'm never going to shore up this me it'll always be a project it'll i'll be like oh and i just do i just need i just need i just need you know it's like that me will never be satisfied yeah because that me is in fact like a, a contraction. It's a it's a shadow. It's not the real thing. I think I'm gonna have to have a lie down after this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I feel expanded. So before we come to a close, I just want to ask you about your pilgrimages and how important pilgrimage in all of its different forms has been for you oh man that's like right at the heart of it really you know um I am a I'm a pilgrimage walker I am you know and I got a pilgrimage <laughs> gotta go and you know I also want to honor that that's not everybody and I think that's really important but for me one of the ways that I refresh myself is going to you know, powerful places, places where the sacred is, is, is centered. I mean, and I think that's, that's essentially it. Like, you know, like, it's not like the grocery store is any less spiritual than any, you know, than a pyramid. I mean, that's, there actually is, there's technically there's no difference, but when what's being centered and what is habitually centered and therefore like what, what sorts of energies are, are invited to come to the fore because all the energy is always there you know? And I think that, that for me, this is, I just, that's just, I, I, I got a taste. I got to taste it. You know, I just love it. I love to go to temple. I'm leading pilgrimage to India in January, 2024, the awakening pilgrimage. Um, and we're going to go, we're going to go to some of the most powerful temples, you know, really in all of the lands and certainly, yeah, very much in South India, certainly some of the most powerful temples. And I can't wait to get back. You know, it's a real, it's just literally, it's can I mean, it is candy, you know, it's like, for me, it's just really powerful and same, um, to go to Avalon, you know, I'm an Avalonian priestess. So going to, to, you know, Glastonbury to, and then going to Avalon through Glastonbury is very powerful for me. And I have, and you know, I'm about to go on pilgrimage at the end of divinity school. We go on pilgrimage to France and there's some divine mother spaces that I'm, that I really love. And we'll go together for that. I mean, in, you know, I've sort of thought like maybe, by the way, so I just have to say, Emma, you know, I don't really identify as a, as a business person actually, which is very, you know, 
often, maybe like occasionally, like, you know, entrepreneurship for me is like, you know, felt cute, might delete later, you know, it kind of has this sort of like, I feel very, mostly I, I identify as somebody who's up, upholding a teaching ministry and, and kind of like as a, as a, as a, really as a priestess and a ritualist and just somebody whose way of life in every way is like, this is what I'm doing with this life, with this breath. Um, and, you know, I have ambivalence, uh, about, about the business, the business side as the business side. Um, I think mostly because, um, yeah, because, because of how much because of the interlocking systems of oppression that are sort of in it, you know, that it have to be in, that are encountered that are sort of in, mm, iterated through a lot of business activity. And I think for me, you know, but it's whatever, it's also that like, you know, there is the fact of like, I sell things. And at that sense, I will admit that I am a business, you know, in that sense, like that is true. Um, <clears throat> but I have thought in terms of business, I've thought, well, if I was going to really get behind the business as a business person, maybe the only business I could get behind is a business where I'm running pilgrimages, where I'm just like on, you know, taking people on pilgrimage. Cause I kind of like, I enjoy it that much. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's, it's an elixir. Yeah. It's an elixir. I'd love to go to Glastonbury with you. Oh yeah. Actually, yeah. You know, it's so funny. I was just thinking that I'm going to call, I want to call um, Chalice well and, and take a small group for next year. I kind of thought that really came through strong that that's important for me to do next year. So that's in my sights. Well, I'll be there. It's local. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I want to see you there. Yeah. I, I, I love what you've just said about business. Um, I think a lot of people listening will also resonate with that. And it, it can be because business has been so, so skewed and, uh, and distorted. It's, it's sometimes hard to say like, oh, I am on like the word entrepreneur. It won't even come out of my mouth. Like, mm -hmm. and I, <laughs> like um, but it's amazing to see how you have sort of, shifted that and and changed it and, and made made it work for you and and seen seen yourself as a as, as a as a guide in the dark for for some people in in their what they're looking for and what they're they're searching for hmm. I mean I guess I mean would I even say yes I suppose that is true like I guess I see myself as a as a guide um I also feel it's like funny, like I call the communities, I have lots of pieces of teachings and things that I know are really important. It's like, I kind of feel like I'm setting up a certain kind of jungle gym and the inevitable kind of consequence of interacting with the jungle gym is that you have a deepening of your, you know, understanding of reality and yourself and that, that you, you have some awakening. Um, but I almost feel like I, like I, I feel almost not necessary for that to take place even though obviously it's i have to be there otherwise the jungle gym doesn't exist yeah but it's funny and it and i don't mean to i'm not i don't mean to be self-effacing in any kind of sense like i really don't have a sense of being like oh i like some false humility or something like this like i i i hold a lot of um respect for my own work and i feel like 
I mean, honestly, like I can be like a credit hog. I can be like, yeah, I did that. You know, this kind of thing. Like, but it, but I hold it. I feel like I hold have to hold it very lightly. Like I'm almost like I'm not entitled to hold it in any other way. Like it because it practically doesn't. Because the me that it belongs to is not kind of ordinary. There's no small meanness that any of that really belongs to. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's thorny, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of exciting. Like the exciting part of business to me is how thorny it is. Like the fact that it's thorny, you know, the fact that it's icky to say entrepreneur, like, you know, like I, I, you know, like that to me, that's when it starts to get exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> lean into that. Yeah. No, I get, but I also, I'm a bit of a pervert like that. Like I'm like, if things get a little bit disgusting or kind of, kind of, kind of gross, then some part of me is like, ah, oh. <laughs> what's what's going on what's going on there and I kind of get a little yeah. bit let's unpick that I think yeah I think the banal is what I fear uh-huh I fear mm-hmm. you know like it you know and I think that <laughs> I'm sure that you know assistants who've worked with me have been like if only we could get a little more into the banal <laughs> yeah oh yeah I'm yeah no no banal over here either always looking for that little thing to spice it up even if yeah. it does cause me to go into some sort of breakdown bless you praise okay. you i'm so grateful that you exist that you're actually like you know wanting to bring language and 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 kind of claim the space of business i mean i think it's i really admire you for it you know i think that it's really it's really beautiful what you're doing you know um, obviously I know some of the people who you've worked with quite well and, and I, I really respect them too. And I'm always so glad when I see that, those connections, you know, I feel like, oh gosh, like you're in good hands, you know? Mm, and I, I found it so easy to, well, people, people just, just come. It's a very easy process this podcast. Anything that's been kind of smooth sailing for me is like, okay, that's, that's me- meant to be happening in my life. Mm, I love that. I love your commitment to ease. Definitely. So to close today, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all of my my people. Okay. And it is, what does new earth business mean to you? New means endlessly refreshing. Earth means what we have in our hands to work with. Business means how I comport myself. (laughs) Yeah. I love that definition. That's good <laughs> in the dictionary. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I absolutely can't wait to listen to this back. There's been so many points that have come up. I'm like, oh, that one. Oh, that one. So thank you for thank you for saying yes to this. Thank you for for sharing your heart, your wisdom, your energy and I would like to know when and what have you got coming up Um, and we can put all this stuff in the show notes but if you can let our listeners find out a little bit more about you where to go all that kind of stuff sure sure okay so um, I'm not sure when folks are going to hear this 
Um, but I am teaching in person on the 15th of April and that's, it's called Tantra and Vinyasa. So I'm actually going to teach some movement and teach some asanas. And we're going to go into a, a breakdown of the tantric worldview. And, um, so this is a lot, I'm, I'm putting together a program and, and you'll see more in the future of like, you know, giving people some deeper tantric teachings. And that's in advance of the pilgrimage, the awakening pilgrimage on January 10th to the 21st, 2024. So that's coming up. The pilgrimage is sort of the big, sort of like, you know, big banner kind of like, if you can possibly make it to this, I can't, I cannot urge people more wholeheartedly um, because it's, it's so going to be so juicy. And that's uh, Jalisa Cypress and Yusuf Gafar and I are running that together. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really beautiful, but in advance of that, uh, as a part of the pilgrimage, I'm giving these, these sort of like lecture practice experience sessions leading up to the pilgrimage. And that's included for people who do the pilgrimage. It's also like anybody's invited and you'll just sort of get the money back if you decide to book the pilgrimage, you know, at a later date. Um, but I really want to kind of bring forward some of the explicit tantric teachings and give people some of those things. Some of that's in the, um, the, the old freedom and well-being immersion. Uh, and some of it, I haven't sort of taught much publicly, but I'll be sort of throwing, throwing down all of that stuff this year. We also have mystery school. Mystery school starts in October. Mystery school is a curriculum for the energetics of being alive and how to, to, that's really a big focus on the energy aspect and on how energetics work. I mean, you know, this is like the territory of psychic self-defense, but writ large and really how to kind of, how to comport yourself, how to move in, in, in your own life in a way that, that, that sets you free. And mystery school is great. You get people, we get people who are more experienced and also people who are really a lot newer and want an orientation. So it's, it's a good kind of mixed group. There's a lot of, of different kinds of people who come into that space and that's an online course. And it's offered by me and Jalisa Cypress. I also have, we also have mystery school express. So if you want to just touch in, we have freedom palace on the 15th of April. And then in May we have money ball. It's a money spell. So if you want to play, if you, if you do want to play manifestation with me and, and I do, I do play, um, and really in spell casting around money, um, which in my experience always, it does always work. You know, it's, it's, it works. Um, uh, we're going to do a collective spell. So, um, that, that comes up and, and that's also, Jaleesa's got some really amazing ideas about, about money and about the energy of money and the energetics of cultivating relationship with money. And, um, so we're bringing that forward in, in Moneyball. Um, so Freedom Palace and Moneyball are offerings from Mystery School Express. You can also buy the recordings of, of the Mystery School Express because we've already had Stability Town and Psychic Self-Defense. So if people want to, to get that information and be a part of that, you can jump in uh and you can come and just practice with me on a saturday morning at 10 if you're on uk time you can buy the recordings through that but mostly it's so great when people come in person a lot of people do uh and that's like collective joy movement saturday 10 a.m and that's like really high spell casting spiritual teaching uh you can either take a yoga class or you can dance your way through it. So it's got really fun music. It's a very freewheeling kind of an offering. Um, so that is most weeks, not every single week. Like I've been unwell, so I was unable to teach it last week, but, but most weeks during the year, I offer that. Yeah. So lots of things, lots of, lots of things. 
I love your consistency. Mm. Um, yeah, knowing that you you've always got that Saturday morning just to you know not that I've not that I've been loads, but knowing that it's there is uh, it's amazing. And the last time I took that class, the dancey one with my friend Rosa, we just had an epic time. Yeah, it's really a lot of fun. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And I've got loads of other things kind of in the pipeline. Um, I'm going to be developing. I certainly want to develop a proper meditation group, you know, and really help people and support people with that. And I also have been thinking about um, some kind of a, like a spellcaster circle where we can kind of like, I can sort of like hold space for people who are, are working on a, on a lot of spellcasting and priestessing. And I can, can sort of just like provide some community space and also like we can do stuff together, but also people working on their independent projects can have a space for refinement, like refinement of your divination practice, like all these little bits and pieces where like maybe you've taken a course and you're using it, but you want some living ongoing these are kind of things that i'm thinking about but you know i have that human design manifesting generator thing so i'm constantly got some new thing who knows when the timing of that will be but basically not banal (laughs) it's anything but banal much to the much to the frustration of various assistants who've worked with me over time but there's always a lot of love there (laughs) yeah oh so we can find you on instagram at what's your at at Layla Sadegi, L-E-I-L-A-S-A-D-E-G-H-E-E. And then the same for your website as well. And so get into all of Layla's content and subscribe on email list and then you'll oh yeah please if you come into the newsletter that's where I kind of do like first announcements of things and and I do write little pieces bits and pieces you know I'll kind of break down a concept or something you know I have little bits and pieces and also the truth is Felix Gonzalez first, I offer a lot of free stuff and I don't offer, I honestly, I'm so, I really offer it in that spirit. Like I actually just want people to have an opportunity to do things. Um, so I do offer quite a bit of free bits and pieces. So, yeah. It's all there for you to dive into when you can. So Leila, thank you so much. Hand on my heart. It's been absolutely wonderful speaking to you. So good to have your energy on this podcast. And yeah, I can't wait to get it out there. Oh, blessings, Emma. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Praise your life. Praise all of your offerings. Praise everything that you're working on. Bless, bless, bless. Just like real powerful blessings for you. And for everyone who hears this, praise your life. Blessings of love. Woo, I feel like we've been on such a journey together. What an incredible episode that was. I'm feeling the energy vibrating through my body of the codes of wisdom that Layla shared with us. If you want to deepen your journey that we've just been on, then I invite you to write down in a journal or on your phone three things that inspired you, moved you, made you think whilst you were listening to this podcast. It helps with the integration of the information. Now then, if you are enjoying this podcast and if you feel the benefit that it's having in your business, in your life, then I encourage you to share it with a friend 
five star review on Spotify and subscribe on iTunes. By doing that, you're helping this message get further out. There are not too many new earth business style podcasts online. So I feel like with a little bit more more sharing and, and community to uh, can't speak probably community support, we can really get the message out there. So that I would be eternally grateful to you if you were able to do that. And then also just a a quick check-in with what I've got on offer at the moment. I'm still running my business strategy sessions. So you can book that by heading to my Instagram, clicking the link in bio and book yourself in a 90-minute conscious business strategy session where you can go deep into one or two areas of your business and come out with a real simple easy to action plan on what needs to be done and the quickest and easiest route to get that thing ticked off your to-do list. I'm also offering my conscious creative consulting and that comes in eight sessions so you can do that with connecting to the energy of cacao or just with me on zoom in front of you coaching you consulting on your business on your life as a whole and working on mindset branding marketing messaging all of that good stuff and then also i have a new course coming up we're yet to put out the dates but if you rewind back a few episodes to the episode i did with tanya wilkinson we're going to be running a course all about how to run a conscious business from the heart we haven't quite come up with the name yet but the the name is seeding it's we're pouring the water on that little seed and that's coming up real soon And then also I have a cacao ceremony episode in the making, which I cannot wait to share with you. If you, like me, love working with cacao, love connecting to the spirit of the cacao, then you're going to love this. So stay in the loop, stay tuned, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. (laughs) 